Hey guys, it's Kathy. So I just wanted to let you know we've been having so much fun inside of this free workshop this week. I wanted to play you a snippet of each of the days so that if you haven't been able to make it there live, you can at least get some of the benefit. And if you want to jump in at any point this week, you can see replays. We leave them up for 24 hours. Plus you can jump in and see the rest of the week. All you have to do is go to kathyheller.com slash workshop and you can grab your spot. It is free. It is a five day immersion. And on Friday of this week, we're doing a live call on Zoom so that you guys can ask me anything you'd like about this content or anything else. So I just want you to take a listen to this. This is a excerpt from the workshop. I hope that this touches your soul. I hope that this inspires you, fires you up and gives you some tools. Take a listen. Hi, everybody. Hello. It's so fun to spend this time together. We're going to go into so much over the next five days. And I'm hoping that over the next five days, we show you new glasses through which you can see the world different, which will hopefully just give you just like ease and gorgeous realizations and like miraculous things happen when we notice them. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. So buckle up. It's going to be super fun. So my lovely human sitting beside me right now is really somebody I can't live without. Colleen Arnell and I have been together almost two years and she's brilliant and gorgeous and kind. I'm really like, this is what happens behind the scenes. It's like a love fest. Um, She has a lot of things going on. She had her own business where she was a coach. She before that was a psychologist. She has a PhD. So she's like got like that part of her. And she's really brilliant when it comes to all the specifics of entrepreneurship. And she used to coach people around money stuff and actually letting go of what they didn't even see was in their way. So when we came together, it was kind of like an atomic bomb (laughs) went off. (laughs) And really, it released the best parts of me. I really feel I want to thank you, Colleen. And I say this to you all the time, but I really, really mean it. So welcome. Do you want to say hello to everybody before we dive in? Oh my gosh, everyone. We are so, so happy, like Kathy said, that you chose to make the space to come join us live today. It's honestly, kudos to you. It might sound silly. It's not. It's a life-changing moment being here, being part of this week. I know you can feel the energy and the vibration of all these incredible souls that Kathy is so extraordinary at just drawing together. And we just cannot wait to journey with you as we go. Okay. So let's dive in. Are you guys ready? So let me just let you know what we're going to do today. We are kind of going on a rocket ship. It's like, we have built Space Mountain for you, but we're taking, we're taking you on an adventure. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what you were going to have, what we're going to have happen today. We're going to talk about science, physics, music, psychology, and business. Just that. <laughs> and then over the course of this week, we are going to build upon every single day of understanding. And we're going to wind up in a place where you can have very concrete, very concrete steps. But we're going to start with like, there's sort of like the zoomed out view and we're going to keep zooming in and in and in. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things. It's kind of like if you were going to paint this room, which I wouldn't advise because it's big. Uh, I don't like painting things, but if you were going to paint this room, you might get really excited. My kids are like this with any activity, like, let's do the thing. Let's do the thing. And then I'm like, first, we're going to wash our hands, put gloves on, put on a smock, prime the wall, put the primer on, 
And then we're going to put the paint on, right? And I think everything is like that. How many of you appreciate the movie, The Karate Kid? Now I'm 43. So you know that that movie was very pivotal in my life because I think I was four and a half when that movie came out in 1985. I just interviewed Ralph Macchio, P.S., very surreal. I was just like, oh my God. So why I bring that up is because Daniel wants to learn karate. And what happens is Mr. Miyagi's like, yeah, yeah, cool. We're going to do that. So I need you to paint my fence and I need you to sand the floor. I need you to wash the cars. And he's like, this old man is a jerk. (laughs) Like, I can't stand this. My shoulders hurt. I wash the the car, the sand your floors. I hate this, right? And then what does he say? He's like, ah, right? But now you have everything you need for me to teach you karate like that. And so what Colleen and I have understood, she in her own right, from the path that I told you a little bit about where she's been, and me, I'll tell you a little bit about my path, but what I've come to understand is that if you want the tree to grow, you know, you need the soil, right? And you need the conditions for which the tree can grow. And so we're going to start today in a place that maybe we'll we'll start to open your mind up. You'll start to see things. I like to say this Kabbalist that I learned with a lot talks about how we all want designer glasses, right? We want to get designer sunglasses. But what if we actually wore designer glasses, meaning you look at the world through the eyes of the designer? You know, you see the world as it actually is. A lot of people talk about reality. And as you can tell, we're like going in now. Okay, so here we go. The ride has begun. The lights have dimmed. A lot of people see the world and they'll say things to you like, well, the reality is, you know, if I'm being realistic, if I'm, if I'm living in reality and I say, I don't think you know a lot about reality then, right? What is reality to you is actually not reality most of the time, right? We see the world, unfortunately, through our cognitive bias. So we see the world so, so, so limited. And in fact, the world is so, so abundant. So the first thing we need to know about the laws of what it is to interact with and to allow in, we're going to use that word allow a lot, to allow in abundance, is to actually appreciate and viscerally understand that the universe is abundant, that the world is infinite, literally, okay? A good example of this, if you cut your finger, which we've all done it, sometimes it's a paper cut, sometimes you're nicking yourself, if you're cutting vegetables, it should never happen again, but we've all had a scrape at some point, what happens immediately, immediately is that your body goes into repair. Okay. What does that mean? It means the world is not net neutral. It is net positive. It means this entire universe is constantly moving to wholeness. It's constantly moving to health. It's constantly moving to repair. The amount of cells that you have in your body, okay, actually replicate themselves all of the time to where every 11 months you are a completely new human being. Okay. We talk about reality without actually seeing it for what it is. If I held up, if I held up my camera right now, which I'm doing on my phone, what sees better? What sees clearer? My eyes or this camera? The answer is clearly this camera. Why? This camera doesn't have a subconscious program. This camera doesn't have a whole BS belief system. Okay. I do. What does that mean? It means I won't see what's there, but this will see just what's there. I will see what I'm willing to see. Okay. So you could take two people, put them in the exact same space 
and they will have a different experience of what they see, right? Somebody can walk by and they can just perceive that person as greedy or selfish. Somebody else could see that person as endearing, right? Somebody can be looking at a beautiful winter you know, day and Colleen, having just left a whole life living in Canada, might go, oh, winter, over it. And I might say, look how beautiful it is. And she might have all these feelings of like, because now she lives in the palm trees, she might see something completely different than what I see, right? And we'll only see that which we are having the allowing to see. So I want to give you a couple basics of how I have allowed myself maybe to see more of what's actually here every single day. And I would like to continue as we go through this week to just hand you glasses. It's sort of like me taking your frames and just kind of like wiping them off so you can see clearer. So one of the most giant fundamental paradigm shifts in my life happened. Ooh, here we go. I want to cue like the Middle Eastern music. Um, I went to Jerusalem when I was 21 and I was supposed to be there for 10 days. And I went for 10 days And I stayed for three years. And that clearly was a defining moment in my life because it was like hitting control, alt, delete on the program that I was running. I wound up through the course of so many synchronistic moments, meeting a very, very, very sweet, very, very holy Kabbalist who lived with his wife and seven children in King David's 3,000-year-old old city of Jerusalem, And I couldn't move myself to leave. Why? Because we think that what we want is what other people have in their pile. I want a big house too. I want a Lamborghini too. I want a Cartier. All fine. You can have it. Great. But you have bigger dreams than that. You came to this world with much bigger dreams. You don't just want a pile of stuff. You want a feeling of being lit from the inside out. You want to feel whole and in sync with this world. And you're not going to stop till you get it because you know that your destiny was to feel that good, that you know something's wrong when you don't feel that and you're right, right? If you went to the doctor and Colleen and I have done so many in-person workshops since COVID sort of changed, we got really excited. We did one in May, we did one in August, we did one in September, we did, one in October, we did, did a bunch. And sometimes people come to these workshops and they raise their hand. This girl raised her hand, beautiful, sweet girl. And she said, I would love to feel that feeling even 60% of the time. And I said, why would you settle for that? I said, even that question is fascinating because would you go to a doctor? Would you go to a physical, would you go to your internist and say that it's okay with you if 40% of the day you feel nauseous? No, you wouldn't. You would not tolerate it. You would think something's wrong and you'd be right. So you'd change your diet or you'd change what's happening or you'd look at something that you're sitting and doing and posture. You wouldn't tolerate it. But we, what we do is we don't even remember that it's actually a possibility to be in a flow state, to be connected to that which is abundance all the time. We came here into this life to turn thoughts into things. We actually came here to be creative. We actually are the happiest when we're creative. Why? Because in order to be creative, just like the primer has to go on before the paint, 
a few things have to start to happen in the biology of the body, right? If a deer is in fight or flight, it's nowhere near creativity, right? It can't reproduce, right? It can't stop and, and, and be even doing the next task, right? It has to just go into survival. We really actually, when we look at human behavior, we see that people are actually in survival most of the time, even though there's there, there's nothing scary. There's no saber tooth tiger around, but your thoughts are generating the cortisol and the worry. And so you're not in joy. You're not in spontaneity because you're worried. So you can't be in spontaneity because you can't stop checking the exits. What we really crave though is that. So let me tell you what I learned in the old city of Jerusalem where King David wrote all those Psalms where so, so many of the world religions seem to find there is a vortex there, right? I think people go to places in the world like India or Jerusalem or Sedona, Arizona, and they feel that there is in fact an energy there. And I think that that's correct. So let me tell you one of the things that I learned there, and this was a absolute mic drop on my life. So all of us at this point, right? I think if you're in the world and you've read anything on the internet for the last 20 years, you've heard of the law of attraction. So that is not a Kabbalistic experience of manifestation. And I'm just going to tell you, just so you know, what a 5,000-year-old interpretation might be that might be different. And I'm going to just give you that today because for me, it was a game changer. So what I learned is that instead of saying the law of attraction, it might be more accurate to say the law of reception. Ooh, it's so good. So what the hell does that mean? Well, if I'm thinking about attracting something, I'm thinking about something that's over there that I want to pull over here, right? And that in and of itself is interesting because it just sort of like tells you that it's not here, it's over there. But that's a, that's a, actually not the case. So what does it mean to think about something as the law of reception? So I want to give you an amazing analogy that my Kabbalistic rabbi taught me. And it's the idea of using a radio as a metaphor. It's, it's brilliant. So let's say that you have a radio, which, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, like I lived for my radio, right? Going back to the Karate Kid, this was a big moment in the movie where like Johnny takes her radio, right? Give me back my radio. Right now we have our phones, everything digital. We can stream things whenever we want, but we used to actually function by having reception and an antenna and based on where we would tune that radio, we would hear a different broadcast. Is it true? So if I had a radio sitting right beside me in this very moment, this wouldn't be a wow experiment. This would be very much the way you've experienced a radio to work every single day that you've ever played with a radio. But here's what would happen. I would put this thing on the desk. It's literally another word for it is what? A receiver. It's a receiver. Think about this. Let's let's go deeper. So let's say I put this radio here. Okay. Now, depending on where I tune it, I could, in this very room, it's not over there. It's already here. It's already here. Keep going with me. Just just allow this in for a second. So I can listen to salsa music I could find. I could find some sports AM talk show right here, right now. I could find hip hop music. I could find pop music. I could find some Steve Winwood song playing on some, I guess that's now oldies, right? (laughs) So... What, why is that such a brilliant analogy? Because the way most people experience reality is that they don't think it's here. They think it's somewhere else over there or it's not there at all. And I want you to hear me close. What they also don't perceive is that what is happening in their experience has anything to do with where the receiver is 
tuned to. And in fact, it's everything. It's all of it, right? It's all of it is where you are actually tuned to. So let's go deeper. So you'll hear more and more about my journey as we go. I'll give you little pieces of it, but I kind of want to just get into the content. So I used to be a musician full-time. And what's amazing about science, and this is why I love science, because it's the great unifier, because we don't all have to be the same religion to understand that one plus one equals two, right? Math is the great unifier. Science unifies us all. It's the language we can all speak. So let's move out of the Kabbalistic view of the world. And let's move into science and let's see if it says the same thing. So as a musician, every single time I ever played a performance, we would tune up. The band would tune but we wouldn't tune separately. We would tune together. So the bass player and the guitar player would tune together and the, and they would tune to the piano, right? So let me, let me see if I can explain to you what's so fascinating about music and about science that demonstrates the way the universe works. If I took two guitars, two different guitars from two different manufacturers, and I put them on this table, if I pluck the C string, on this one guitar right here, what happens to the other guitar? The second guitar will vibrate, but it's it's deeper than that. It's actually that the same string, the exact same note, it's only the C string on the other guitar that will vibrate. What does that mean? That means that there is a law of resonance, that the frequency you send out comes right back. That is huge. That is giant. Okay. So we all live in a yellow submarine. No, we all live in a vibrational world. And I'm going to go more into the science. People talk about reality, right? And when they talk about reality, they talk a lot about reality from a three-dimensional perspective. Like I'm sitting here. This is a cup. It's over here. Colleen is sitting where she's sitting, right? thousands of miles away from me. My neighbors are separate. Everything looks and feels separate, right? But that's a physical look at just one side of the equation. If you asked Einstein, who knew a few things more about reality than me, he would tell you that the world is not 3D because everything emits a vibration and that the entire world is actually energy, that everything is energy. So actually, what I perceive to be empty space, right, is actually the exact same field of energy. And there's actually sometimes when the sunlight hits the air, you can see that in this thing that you think is empty space, you see the molecules moving. Just like if you took a microscope, you would see that this is not stagnant, but there's actually atoms that are moving inside of this shirt, right? Because everything is energy. In fact, if you want to go more into reality, because we talk about reality, well, the reality is, Here's all that I can do. Well, the reality is, let's actually talk about reality. So an atom, which is what every single thing is made of, is what? An atom is 99% energy, and it's less than 1% particle. In fact, the particle itself moves so quickly that they actually have a hard time saying that even that's physical. So if you want to go back to the sentence I said a few moments ago, which is that we came here to be creators and that we actually have the power right, to turn a vibration which becomes a thought into a thing, then we need to create with vibration and thought 
because that is actually the way the world works. And think about it, right? Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink, best-selling book. I had him on the podcast a couple of times. And we talked about this phenomenon that when a person walks into a room within four seconds, everybody else feels what this person is feeling, right? It's an immediate transference of energy. You could feel. So it's not that impressive, actually, where someone went to school or what they're wearing, because the thing that always does the heavy lifting is the energy that we carry into a space. And our energetic, depending on what it is that we're saying, it's the frequency that carries the information, right? Mm -hmm. It's always that. In fact, I could have the most gorgeous smartphone in the world, brand new. If I have, if I have no signal right now and no Wi-Fi, I can't deliver the message right? I need frequency. Frequency carries information. Science is an incredible way to start to understand the abundance of life. It's the human brain that has a subconscious program, right? Which unfortunately will tell you things that are not true all day long, which you're then going to look for the evidence of, and you will find that which you tell yourself is true. And you will limit yourself and you will limit what you allow yourself to receive and you will limit what you see as possible. And we need to actually see where we are, and we need to actually see how far we can go so that we can put the address into the GPS, right? Because if I want to give you steps over the next few days about how you can now play with this and actually take steps, right? Get inside of a feeling that makes you feel lit, but then take the next step. In order for me to do that, I need to start with where we actually are, right? What's actually here So you can see so much further than you saw before. And now I can give you the directions to get there. So I'm going to take a pause. I'm going to see if Colleen has anything to add. And then we're going to keep on going. Oh, that was amazing. And I just really want to emphasize everyone how insanely powerful it is what Kathy is presenting to us. Because we tend to move through the world day to day, constantly feeling like the things we desire are out here. They're over here. And that's where we all get stop blocked all the time. We're so indoctrinated and trained. Oh, I think about what I want, then I reverse engineer how to get there. Or I think about how can I show up better for myself to like make this thing happen. These are things that we tend to do. And we really want to turn that upside down for all of you and realize what if we can actually let go of that. And so when Kathy is saying it's about the law of reception, your own awareness of something that you prefer. Okay. And I like to use the word prefer, and I would invite you to consider putting down the word goal in your vernacular. Cause one of the things that happens, by the way, you know, the spreading activation model, like we talk about in psychology is the minute there's a term we hear, it's like a little spider web goes out in our brain of all these associated thoughts that get activated. You think of a goal. I don't know. I think of like, podiums and trophies and medals and finish lines in singular moments in time. And all of these get activated and we start to feel pressure. We start to feel like it's a make or break moment. We start to feel like it's out there and we have to work towards it. And so when we really come into understanding the world, not as attracting it in, not as it being out there, but reception is that by just being aware of a preference, not a goal, but a preference for what we want to experience It's already here. And the only thing we need to do is focus on who we're being vibrationally to match up with it. That's it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I just love having Colleen as a co-pilot because 
the truth is you have to meet people where they're at, right? And we all have egos and our egos literally make us cynical. Literally, that's what an ego does. An ego is there to protect you. So it's constantly looking to suss out where the danger is. So there's a part of us that goes, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And it's nice to have a PhD psychologist sitting beside me who's also extremely tapped into all the things about like the spiritual laws of the universe, because right here next to me is another book like this, which is James Jody's book called Into Into the Magic Shop. I I was supposed to have him on last week. We just rescheduled it. But he is a professor in the Department of Neurosurgery at Stanford. Okay, this guy's a neurosurgeon. So he kind of blows me and Colleen out of the water when it comes to his pedigree. He's a neurosurgeon. And this book that he writes is all about how he's actually, this is going to lead into something I want to tell you. He's actually doing something right now with the Dalai Lama, because what he has found in his life is that really the the medicine that he learned, which is brilliant, only takes him so far. And that it's in the OR very often that what he has to do is actually tap into a, a level of vibration that is bigger than him, that he has to tune in to reception of full healing and compassion. And that what will happen in the OR will be things that other people would say would be miracles. But he's now teaching this to physicians because he believes that without understanding what's also really at our fingertips, we're losing, we're losing when we really could be, we really could be harnessing something much greater than ourselves. So he's doing a beautiful project right now with the Dalai Lama himself. So I do like to call it out. You know, you're not you're not alone if there's a part of you that's like, I don't believe it. Well, you've been conditioned to believe that things are a certain way. And so it's important to talk to people and kick the tires and look around. But it is amazing how in the 700 episodes of the podcast that I've done, how it's uncanny that every single one of these people has some kind of practice to tune their vibration every single day, right? To really, really see clearly and select their thoughts the way they select their clothes and to tap in and harness, right? The the amount of energy that they can actually pull through themselves, right? Without that, we really are talking about two different results. In fact, Phil Jackson used to coach the Lakers. He also coached the Bulls before that. In fact, he's famous for having this, these two teams, these very, very successful teams, including Michael Jordan. Um, he had them meditate, right? And he had them meditate equal amounts to how often they practice. And what happened was, in fact, they dominated and they dominated because they were in resonance right? Because you can't mess with energy, right? You can't mess with the potency of somebody who's in alignment, right? And also when you meditate, what you're doing is you're mentally rehearsing the feeling that you want to experience before the event actually happens. And we have the power to do that. So this brings me to a point I want to actually make about the Dalai Lama. I want to make this point because I think that there's a lot of people that we've all kind of seen images of that we can all sort of talk about because there's a little bit of a zeitgeist to who they are and and we can kind of perceive them in a similar way. And so the Dalai Lama to me is a great example of someone who everybody's seen, right? Maybe you don't know him personally. I, I definitely don't. But he is the kind of person who emanates joy. You would guess that he is a good example of somebody who has a real sense of happiness about his disposition. He actually wrote a few books on happiness Well, what's interesting about the Dalai Lama is I think that anyone who spent even four or five seconds researching this man, I don't think anyone would say that his his happiness comes from toxic positivity, right? I don't think there's anything toxic about about him because it's just not part of anything that he exudes and emanates. Every single thing about him, it feels viscerally genuine, okay? So now let's talk about why I'm even bringing him up because 
very often what Colleen was speaking about before, she was talking about how we think about goals and desires, right? And what can be interesting and actually a, a lot of suffering can come when we think that things are on the other side of that, right? We, we tend to think that if we had that more money in the bank, that we would be happier. We tend to think that if the guy called, then we would feel better. We tend to think that if we, if we actually just completed this goal and got this achievement, then we would have finally this feeling that we could put our feet up on the ottoman and finally exhale because the happiness is in fact tied to the achievement. And without the achievement, we're just feeling this little sense or big sense of lack. That is inherently flawed, right? Because if you look at somebody like the Dalai Lama, why you feel so smitten by his smile is because it comes from within. It's because joy is its own internal compass for no reason. Joy is really the lightness of your own being. Joy is finding peace. Joy is finding your way to the infinite. Joy is finding that place where you drop in and you feel that radio where everything's already here. Because what is the thing you're actually craving is the feeling of freedom. So people perceive, let's go do that again, that that feeling of freedom and joy will happen when they get that car, will happen when the wind is blowing in their hair and they put that convertible top down. That feeling is available right now, right? In fact, thank God that's true, right? And thank God we've all had the experience where you you get the new job and then about five weeks later, it wears off and you're looking again for that feeling and you think now it's somewhere else. You got to move. You got to date someone else. You got to find that feeling. It's outside of you. It's somewhere else other than where you are. And you got to figure out where that is. And until you find it, you're not going to feel that feeling of freedom and abundance, right? Why do people want a pile of money? Because of the feeling they think they'll feel, right? But when I tell you that that feeling you really want is available right now, it's in feeling, yourself, move out of lack, move out of this illusion that things are outside of you and you just feel free, right? The person we've been talking about, the Dalai Lama, his people are in exile currently. He has a tremendous capacity for compassion. He knows what it feels like when people are in pain. He's a witness to that, right? He doesn't actually have all the things right now that he wants, right? He would actually prefer that his people were not in exile at this time. And he's, he's doing everything he can do to free Tibet, but he's not banking that his feeling of well-being will only come when that has happened. And that's why he smiles from the deepest place. And my, my, my thought is that he could be sitting in traffic and he'd still find within himself a feeling of peace. I feel like he could be stuck at a delay at the airport. And he would still find within himself a feeling of peace, right? We don't realize. And so why would we wait for something to happen in order to give ourselves the feeling of joy? Why would we wait for something to happen every day in order to feel great? Why wouldn't we give that experience to ourselves? Why wouldn't we feel into gratitude? Why wouldn't we feel into the abundance? Why wouldn't you look out the window and appreciate the 97 colors of green? in all the different shades of the leaves? Why wouldn't you appreciate and feel into just the peace that comes with feeling, right? That feeling of well-being. Colleen, anything you want to say? And then I'm going to give them an example of this that I experienced. Yeah, I just want to add, I think sometimes our brain likes to go into an either or, and then we go, 
So I'm supposed to be happy now. Does that mean I don't get to also have these other things that excite me? No, it's both. So it's about understanding we tap into a deep sense of satisfaction and joy in the moment. And simultaneously, we can be excited for other potentialities, other fun things that we're going to experience in life. So there's no point at which either of us are saying, you don't get to like want that car or want the relationship or want the child. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. All those things like that's part of us being here on earth is the fun of the playground of all that is to experience. So a million percent, there's no level on which you need to put a cap on what excites you and the preferences you have in this lifetime. We just wholeheartedly want you to understand satisfaction, joy, fulfillment here in the moment and the excitement about all the other amazing things that are going to come, but it's not contingent on them coming. You get to feel that amazing now and even more excited as well about what else is coming. Yeah, that's totally true. I think about characters in movies like Amelie or Zoe Deschanel and the character she often plays. I think she was in that movie. Yes. Yes. Day or yes, man with Jim Carrey. Like there's these characters where you see people just having so much fun, like walking through, you know, the streets of Paris and taking pictures or like, they're just having such a good time that abundance and beauty and amazing, fun, serendipitous things. They can't miss them because they are it, right? I want to give you an example of this in my own life. And I also want to say that Colleen is 100% right. Like this is, there, all possibilities are already here. There is a buffet of all things. So you can just come and delight. Like you can have all the experiences. They're all here for you. That's why I wanted to put those designer glasses on you so you can really see how vast, how wide, how how big things are. Unfortunately, we get programmed from the ages of zero to eight with lots of subconscious beliefs that then they run the show and we will want to be consistent with what we think keeps us safe. And so you could say to yourself, I want to meet a great guy, but your subconscious beliefs, subconscious, right? Meaning you're not aware, you're unconscious of them. Your subconscious beliefs could be like relationships mean pain. And so then you can go on every dating app and then you don't realize why you you just it doesn't work out and it's like well there there might be a part of you that sabotages that because there there is a part of you that will always will always have your actions be consistent with what you think will actually keep you safe and so we want to look at starting to become aware we're going to do a little bit of that today we're going to talk about money today because people don't realize they say how much they would love to have more plentifulness in their life and then they don't realize they're literally unconscious of the amount of programming they have that money is actually going to cause pain that it's the root of all evil that it would make them somehow lose integrity that it would cost them something in their they don't even realize it but it exists i also want to say before i give you this one example of something that happened to me. I also want to say that not only do you get to have both, right? You can have the car, you can have the great vacation, and you can also feel great. But I'm going to remind you again that the thing that actually feels great, it's not actually being in the event of having the thing. It's always in the desire and then the excitement around seeing yourself starting to allow it in and having a cool conversation. And oh my God, I think it's going to happen. That literally is why even when somebody's created a multi-gazillion dollar company, they want to create it again, right? Because it's the process of creation that feels the best. If I just hand you, let's say you're walking up the mountain and you're just like slugging it out. And I come along in a helicopter and I'm like, I'll just take you to the top. You'd be like, cool. 
And then let's say every time you set out to play a game of Scrabble, I go, let me just hand you like an algorithm that shows you all the tiles you're going to get. And like, you don't have to come up with anything. I'll just give you the answers. You would hate life. You would hate to just be dropped off at the summit. You don't want someone to put you in a helicopter ride at the top because you don't really want the top. You're not going for the top. You're going for the feeling of satisfaction you get by arriving there because you pushed through, because you met a part of yourself that felt like it wanted to give up and then something overrode it. And you're so in love with that deep satisfaction of a part of you that showed up anyway, right? Like when you build the business, my podcast is now, it's 40 million downloads, it's 700 episodes, it's all these cool things. That's not the part I go to sleep with. I go to sleep with the person who, I sat in front of Deepak Chopra. I sat in front of these people and overcame my ego. Had to, had to tell myself, like, you got this. It's just love that's impressive. You can have this conversation. Like all the times I had to come make a decision or lead my way through something with a team, like a discussion. Like I'm just saying, like the satisfaction is who you become, right? So yeah, have it, right? But it's not the end of the end. You don't just want a pile of things. You want the experience of being creative, of making something from nothing, of feeling enthusiasm and electricity run through you, and then bringing a vision to another person. When Walt Disney was in a helicopter riding over hundreds of acres of swampland in Anaheim, and he turned to the co-pilot crying, he goes, do you see that? And the pilot said, no. He goes, look at that land. I see it. I can see the balloons. I can hear the music on Main Street. Like, It makes me cry. But like, he was like, don't you see that? Don't you feel that? And the guy was like, I don't. And he was like, but I do. So I'm going to show you different lenses and we're going to make this place and we're going to build it. So he took air. He literally took air and sold it. He sold air to hundreds of people who wound up investing and it almost didn't happen. But his conviction and what he could see built this place that now my kids go to and their kids will go to, right? And they can feel that tiny, tiny, tiny spark of intention. It's still there. It's in the ride. It's in small world. It's in the music. It's in that fireworks show. You can feel his conviction. So did he just want you to hand him Disneyland? Hell no. He wants to be on the ride of his life, which is allowing himself to feel enough joy, to feel enough possibility that that thought even comes in right? Why do people become successful and abundant? Because abundance is on the other side of creativity. It's creativity that comes first. It's not money that comes first. That's so boring. That would be such a boring video game. You are here because you know you are needed because you know that there's some reason you're here, that your perspective is unique and it is, and you want to do something with it. You want to create something with it and you're right. So you don't wake up every day actually aware of the truth. You wake up every day thinking that you want money. You do, but it's not the money you want. It's the experience of abundance running through you that you want. And you know what? You're right. When people in this world have been creative, they come up with things. They make a Tesla. Jim Henson made Sesame Street. You're right. On the other side of creativity is where all the abundance lives. All of it, right? You can't outsource that. That's the one thing they can't outsource right? So people either are creative or they work for people who are creative. You have to be creative to solve a problem. You have to be an optimist to solve a problem because you have to be an optimist to be innovative. 
So people can sit here and say, this feels like toxic positivity. I don't care about this. Just tell me how to make money. And it's like, this is how you make money. This is how you make it. And this is what you actually are craving. You're craving the experience of being the human being you came here to be, which is really a soul inside of a body, an electric current inside of a physical form that wants to turn thoughts into things. And it won't matter how much money you have because you'll never stop craving the feeling of creativity. You'll never stop because that's the best part. So we're talking, I said earlier, we're going to talk about abundance, right? And I'm going to teach you over this week how you can make money. But this is the paradigm shift. This is the mic drop. This is what you came for. This is why my podcast is successful. I didn't have a following before I had a podcast. I had a heart and a trunk full of these kinds of thoughts that I was feeding myself, which is why I had created a life getting to be creative. I was a songwriter for 10 years. I used to write music for Grey's Anatomy and Pretty Little Liars and movies and theme songs. I wrote this theme song for this Netflix show, Llama Llama and McDonald's. That's what I did for 10 years. Before that, I had a record deal, Atlantic. After that, I started a podcast, but I wanted people to play and get into the habit of seeing there's so much more on this buffet than you normally see. That actual reality is this. All that other stuff, that's not reality. That's people telling you what's in their subconscious that's a limiting belief and feeding you a lie, right? That you don't really have that far to go, that all this stuff is a pipe dream. And the best you can do is think about how much, like, it's all about money. It's like, yeah, make money. But the real turn on is the person you become when you create that which you are here to create. It's something from nothing, right? Why does Will Ferrell look like he's having so much fun all the time? Because he's improvising. He doesn't even know that he's about to say what he's about to say. What do we know about creativity? It comes in spontaneity. And what does the ego not want? Spontaneity. Because the ego wants to keep you safe, which means you don't take a risk, which means you don't say something out loud unless you know for sure the other person will love it, which means you don't post on Instagram, which means you don't know what you're going to do unless you've already done exactly what someone else has done and you know for sure it will be liked and you'll get approval, which means you're not creative which means you don't have a point of view, which means there's no spontaneity, right? So all the wins are in this work. So I want to give you an example. When I started my podcast, and then I'm going to turn it back to Colleen. When I started my podcast, I went to something called podcast movement, which happens, I think, once a year, maybe twice, I don't know. And they asked me to speak. And I was speaking in one of the small rooms, like there's the main stage and there's like a small room. And I was speaking about how I had just started the show. And I think we had like a million downloads and something like that and how I had done it. And I didn't really know. And I was feeling really overwhelmed because as you can tell, I don't really do things the way other people do them. So I didn't have a slideshow. I didn't have a presentation. And I was like pacing the lobby, feeling really nervous, like, Oh my God, all these people have slideshows and they're asking me for my deck or for my like, what's called a zip drive with files. And I was like, I can't believe I didn't prepare that. I, everything to me is in the moment. So I'm pacing the lobby and this woman comes up to me and she goes, Oh my God, when you're done with your talk, you got to come right back to this lobby because I won't say who the person's name is to leave it private, but she's like, so-and-so is here. He's the head of Apple podcasts. And I'm like, okay. She's like, well, everyone's dying to meet him because you know, 75% of all podcasts, at least it was then, I think it's still pretty close. She's like, most, most podcast listeners actually come through Apple. So if you get an Apple feature, it's just does wonders for your business. Everyone's trying to meet him and he'll, he'll be here around noon. 
And I was like, oh, that sounds awful. Like it sounded like so much pressure to walk the lobby to try to meet this guy. I was like, also, how hard on on this guy is that? Like all these people are going to be like rushing up to him with their business cards. I was like, I want no part of that. So I finished the speech, come off stage. Everybody's like walking around looking for where this guy is. And I'm like feeling this energy of like, right, that that feeling of attachment. Like, I need this to happen. I need him to see me. I need him to like me. And I'm like, I just can't be a part of that. Like, it's just, I know that's a vibe kill. So I actually left and I knew I wanted to come back to watch other presentations, but I didn't want to be there for like the mingling session. So this one mingling session in the middle of the day, I I leave. I go to a different hotel. It's actually, there's like a, you know, a, a bunch of hotels in sort of a row. We were at, let's say we were at the Hilton. I don't remember. I walked across to the Hyatt. No one was in there, right? There wasn't the same conference going on. I asked for an iced tea. I sit down. I'm just drinking this iced tea and I'm just enjoying how nobody's there. And I can just have a moment of peace. I don't need anything, right? I'm just enjoying the moment. What happens? I turn to talk to this guy who's sitting next to me. He saw that I was wearing this badge in the conference. He goes, are you in the conference also? I said, yeah. He goes, it's just too crazy in there. Like I had to get out of there. I'm like, that's how I felt. So we start talking. He tells me he's from Illinois. He's very, very nice. A lot of Chicago people are like that. My husband's whole family's from Chicago. They're very sweet Midwesterners. And he's just very like non-pretentious, just sweet guy. And he's telling me about like, you know, what he's interested in. We're talking about life and movies and art and culture. And lo and behold, he goes to stand up to leave and he hands me his card and he was the head of Apple Podcasts. And he goes, you're awesome. He's like, can you come down to the Apple offices? I'd love to like introduce you to people. So what happens? Apple featured me. They nominated me as the most inspiring podcast and like put it up on the major scroll bar. I mean, literally, I have that experience all the time from finding joy where literally I am and not walking around with the vibration of, damn it, where is it? Why is it not happening? It's like the water on the pot under, like the water will boil if you keep the fire on. It can't not, that's physics. But what most people do is they just keep turning the the fire on and off. They're like, why is it boiling? Damn it, turn it off. There's no reason for it, right? And they turn it back on, they turn it off, turn it back on, turn it back on. But like, if it's inevitable, like that's what I'm saying. I know it's all already here. It's already done. I didn't start a podcast going, I better get 25,000 followers. I better get 10 million listeners. Like I just don't have that attachment. People say, how do you be patient on the way to becoming a millionaire, on the way to having a hundred grand, on the way to having this? How do you be patient on the way? And I'm like, I'm the least patient person there is. I'm totally not patient. I have no pay. In fact, I have no patience. My daughter was brushing her teeth this morning. We have to get in the car to go to school and she's using this app. And and I'm like, why is it two minutes? Can't she just brush her teeth for 30 seconds? Like, no, no, it's two minutes. I have no patience. None really. So how does it work then? You're like, well, you don't know patience, but I'm like, because I'm not being patient in this moment, I'm already happy. And I mean it. What's to be patient about? Like when I'm doing the podcast before I have 25,000 listeners, before I have a thousand listeners, you know what? I'm happy because I'm doing it and I'm enjoying it. And I'm not waiting for something to happen because there's nothing that needs to happen because I'm already there. And then you know what happens? Everything. So that's why the podcast turned into a multi-million dollar business. That's why we got 250 sponsors. That's why everybody offers me things because, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe no. Another book deal. Not sure. Like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking because the money is extra. It doesn't matter about the money, Mm -hmm. right? It's I'm so enjoying the thing that I'm doing right now, right? I'm enjoying having this conversation with you right now. I'm not doing this 
because this needs to lead to something else. It's like, I'm enjoying this. You can tell, right? It's not like paint by number. I just show up and do this. Thing. Like you don't need to be patient when everything's already here. Just turn the radio on, hear all the good you want, feel everything you want to feel already. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, it makes everything <laughs> so amazing. And then the things do come because that's the law of the universe. That's the law of residence. Colleen, anything you want to say? It's one of my favorite stories that you tell because it's those moments we feel like they're miraculous, but life can be filled with a series of moments that feel like miracles. And they only feel like miracles because there's that part of us that still thinks, how's that possible? Right. And it's exactly what Kat said. And I just want to emphasize something because Kathy had mentioned a lot about creativity, right? And that's really what we're all craving is to be in that space. Sometimes for people that can be intimidating to hear, we go, I'm not a creative person. That's not who I am. So if she's saying I need to be creative to be abundant, I'm screwed. I want you to understand creativity just flows from that feeling good state, that joyful state. It could be an idea you get in the shower that you're going to turn right and stop at Whole Foods on the way home where you happen to bump into someone else who then does you know, makes this offer to you that leads you over here. And you're like, holy cow, I can't believe I met like my partner over here. I never would have. That's what creativity is. So no one's sitting here saying you have to be some Picasso or, you know, there's, again, it's these associations we often have with words. Just understand that if you can allow yourself the permission most simply to go, what would feel so good in this moment? What would make my heart just feel like, oh, there's so much ease and fun if I go do this right now, or if I choose this right now, when you give yourself the permission to play in that space, that's when the ideas, the impulses, the synchronicities start to come into your life. And that's the creativity. When you allow yourself the space to be in that flow, instead of trying to orchestrate how everything needs to go, that is the magic. And you will blow yourself away by what is actually possible. Yeah. I love that you said that because it's so true. Right. And it's interesting because today I'm interviewing Julia Cameron for a second time. I've, I've had her on the podcast before. She wrote a book that I love called The Artist's Way. I think 25 million people or something have read this book. And it's a, it's, she calls it a, a creative recovery. That's what she calls it. Mm-hmm. And she herself has been sober for many years. So she sort of does it in like 12 weeks and 12 steps. And it's very, very fascinating and beautiful. But what I love about this book is many things, but I asked her when she was on the show a few years ago, and I'll ask her different questions about it today. I said, is everyone actually creative? Because what if some people don't consider themselves creative? And she said, have you ever been in a preschool classroom and mm-hmm. seen any child that doesn't love painting or playing with sand? And I'm like, you're right. And she said, every one of us actually loves to play. It's just that at a certain point, whether you're seven or nine or 12, at some point, you feel rejected by someone and criticized by someone. And it really hurts so much that you decide that you just won't be creative, that you won't be vulnerable, that you won't say something out loud unless you've rehearsed it 10 times. Like creativity is any business owner is creative. Like any business is a person who's coming up with logo design or like it's all creativity. It doesn't mean that you have to be a musician or a visual artist. Like creatives are people who think of things in different ways and they innovate. Scientists are creative, right? Creativity is just the experience of having a thought that you just can't believe you just had because you didn't have that thought before and you share it with someone else. And then you guys start a project. Like that is the experience that I'm talking about. Colleen, I just want you to alert our team to maybe Mm -hmm. give you the names of some of the winners so that in about three minutes, we can tell people who won these giveaways. I want to tell you what's going to happen next. So 
tomorrow we're going to be here at the same time. We are going to start talking a little bit more tomorrow about how we could find within you what might be some of these things that you could actually bring to the world that we could help you build. Because ultimately, if you get paid to be you, you don't have a job, right? You're not really working. You're just in flow. You're in purpose. You're turning your passion, right? Your passion is a clue, right? The fact that you love organizing flowers or organizing homes, or you love connecting humans, you can get paid for all of those things. We want to show you how to do that. Okay. So we're going to start talking about that tomorrow. And there will be homework every single day. There'll be homework today. We're going to give you workbooks that we're going to send you at the end of these live broadcasts. We send them to you at the end on for good reason, right? We want the actual broadcast to be a little bit of a surprise. We want you to be present and in the moment. We don't want anything to feel rehearsed. And very often I actually go off book and talk about things that have nothing to do with the workbook. You're going to get a workbook today. There's going to be, when I say homework, like three very easy to answer questions. When you answer those questions, that will actually put you into a raffle. You will answer those questions inside of the Facebook group. There'll be a thread that has you answer it in the comments of the Facebook group of of a certain thread. If you answer it just by answering it, you will actually be entered into a raffle to get home, to, to get a prize. I think the prize for today is a Tiffany's uh, necklace from Tiffany's. We like to just have fun here. We're not sponsored by these particular people. We just thought it would be fun to buy you some things that we thought you might like. So three of you will get that. Why do we want to reward you for doing homework? Because an object in motion stays in motion. An object at rest stays at rest. So we want you to actually do whatever we can do to give you the conditions to actually take one step forward and another step forward. I want to also tell you something else exciting. On Friday, we're going to invite you into the Zoom room with us. So when and if you have any thoughts or questions as we go through this and you're dying to ask the question, Friday, you come on Zoom with us and you will be able to ask questions. We're going to dedicate that time to you guys so that we can do a review and a wrap up and you guys will be able to process this. And by then we'll have covered so much. You might say, oh my gosh, I actually want to have you know this question answered or that question answered. I will also tell you that at the end of this week, I will let you know all of the things that you can do to work with me and Colleen, right? Like Some of you, and this is, I want you to really hear me and hear me good. Some of you will come to this five-day workshop and you will get so much out of it because that is how it was designed, period, end of story. Like you'll come to one day and you'll be like, that felt like value. Like that was free and I'm good. I'm like feeling it, right? That's how it's designed. And we have a lot of people who come through challenges and they do them every year and they continue to do them. And that's why they're here. However, there will be a small group of you, right? Because we don't take everybody because we just don't have room because we like to keep it intimate. But there will be a small group of you who at the end of this week are so freaking lit and so ready to do really fully all of the things that we're talking about. And you'll want to be inside of a 12-week program that we offer every so often we offer a 12-week experience. I will talk about that at the end of this, but just rest assured that if you come through these five days, they are designed to stand on their own. They are designed so that you will walk away and feel as though you completed something by the end of this experience and that you have a bunch of breakthroughs and a bunch of tools that you can take. And so tomorrow we're going to do some exercises. We're going to recondo the crap out of you so that we can pull out and excavate what is it in fact that might be something the world really needs that you could monetize that is a passion of yours. We're going to get into that tomorrow. And like I said, at the end of the week, we will tell you if you want to spend more time with us, we'll tell you what that looks like and how that works. But we are really, really pretty, pretty sure that you are guaranteed to have an incredible experience just by being in these five days. And we're going to give you homework. So you'll get some real meaty stuff going on and we'll give you giveaways just for being part of these live, live days. So there'll be instead of the Mark Jacobs tote tomorrow, there'll be another gift just by coming live. You will get that. How many of you are happy that you showed up live for this? I'm so glad. I love all the hearts. Okay. Colleen, do you have winners for me? 
Yes. So we have three beautiful winners who are walking away today with that Mark Jacobs tote bag. They are Oswald Perez. Jill- Oswald! I love him. Go ahead. <laughs> Jill Byer and Deborah Canfer. So those are our three winners. You can awesome. email hello at kathyheller.com and we will hook you up. Oswald is an amazing poet and he has so much to teach the world. He was in one of our programs and it's, it's always really cool that we have like mostly women and then like a few like really good men and they join us and it's just, he's great. Such a beautiful heart. Um, all right, great homework that I'm going to put up probably within about 10 minutes after you hop off here, you'll see there's a group uh, post that's pinned to the top of that featured section as well. You'll find the workbook link there. You'll find where you can put your homework, all of that good stuff. We will email it as well for reference if you want to find it easily. But don't miss that because like Kathy said, it's so, 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 so powerful when we stay in that momentum and you follow along with what this workbook supplements from today's class. Yeah. And I just want to say, first of all, I, I really, really value what you guys brought today. And I'm really aware. I'm reading the comments the whole time and you can see what I'm saying. I'm not blowing spoke in your face. How many times have you been to anything online and seen this much positivity? I haven't seen one comment other than something that is a high vibe. I want to say thank you because that means so much to me that you brought what you brought. It really is gorgeous and it's awesome. And I'm so here for it. So I want to say thank you so much because that means a lot to me and to Colleen. I also want to say that over the next few days, we're going to go deep, right? I said, we zoom out. We start with the zoom out, right? We prime the walls for the paint, but by the end, we're going to get all those little moldings done, all those little specifics. So what does that mean? Tomorrow, we're going to excavate. What is it that you really have within you that right now other people would pay you for that would make you feel like you don't even have a job because you're loving what you're doing. We're going to start there tomorrow. As we go from there, we're going to talk about the ways you build community, that you have an audience because audience is currency. It's intimacy. It's relationships. Sales is not sales. It's not numbers. It's people. It's deposits. It's empathy. It's radical empathy. We're going to talk about how you can show up and just give yourself a platform in which you can deposit into people, in which you can speak and connect. When they zig, all those people out there, you zag. We're going to show you how to build a business in a way that feels like integrity, that feels like you, that makes you stand out. Because you know what? You don't need every single person in this world to be your client, to be your customer. You're not trying to win the popular vote. You're trying to find a slice of the world that are your people who you can love on, who you can show up for. And then you don't have to ever sell, right? You don't sell, you show up and you give. And then you you provide the next thing that that person needs and you do it with grace and you do it with love. And we're gonna show you how you're gonna do that. We're gonna explore all different things that you need to understand that are gonna rock your world and have you see marketing totally different. Have you see money-making totally different. Have you see the possibility that you can hold for other people through creating a platform? Have you see that only 8% of the world's CEOs right now are women? And that has to change. And we're going to talk about how you need to stop playing small and stop apologizing and go ahead and take your seat. And you do need to make money because Mother Teresa said, money changes the world in actuality. So you need to get your hands on some so you can keep underwriting the right things. This is exciting. Who is here for it? All right. So tomorrow you're coming back. We cannot wait to be back tomorrow. We will be back at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon. Colleen, thank you for being my 
North Star in everything. <laughs> and I wanted to say thank you to my amazing team. You guys will see that in the chat, there are people commenting who, beside their name, it says admin. They are women who are on our team who are here to love you and support you. So if and when you have questions about things, if you look for anybody who has an admin next to their name, they will be able to help you find whatever it is that you're looking for. I love you. This was so much fun. And we'll be seeing you tomorrow.